we're on this journey to um, honour Tatiriti. But to be fair, that doesn't have to be the only reason either. Um, I, I think it's actually a, a really good model where we're just encouraging collaboration as well. And that doesn't, that takes nothing away from what we're doing with Tatiriti and, um, and, and Tikanga, but I, I, I think it's got potential in all sorts of fields, um, including in business, to be honest. As I said, two heads are better than one. And um, if we've got collaboration at the very, at, at the, you know, at the, um, at the, at the top of this of the structure, then why should, that's that's a really good sign that that's how you want to work right through the organisation, whether it be big or small. Kia ora, I'm Troy, here as CEO, and welcome to Stirring the Pot. Thanks for connecting. If you're new, here's what you can expect. We're going to be talking the tough stuff, the things that keep us metalheads up at night. There are many challenges facing our industry and equally many opinions on how we should tackle them. Stirring the Pot provides a facilitated forum to discuss and challenge these viewpoints. So let's get to the nuts and bolts of it. Today we're talking with Chair of the New Zealand Construction Industry Council, Graham Burke, and Director of Māori Pacifica for Vertical Horizons New Zealand, Phil Hokianga. Together they co-chair Concove, which is the Construction and Infrastructure Centre of Vocational Excellence. Well, thank you so much for the both of you coming into the office today. It's it's certainly been a, a difficult journey to get you both in the same room together. I know we had many, many uh, failed attempts, so it's fantastic to finally get that sorted. Um, I'm really happy to be here as well. I'm, I'm filling in for our CEO, Troy, today. Unfortunately, she couldn't make it. But I'm really interested to understand a little bit about yourselves and I, I understand that you're both very experienced board members. I uh, would love to hear how that history has come about for the both of you. Graham. Okay, so I, um, I've got quite a bit of experience on boards, but the industry boards as opposed to commercial boards, other than my own business, of course. Um, so I, I probably don't fit the mould of your average governance person. Um, I'm very much from an industry background and and um, come from those representational kind of boards. But the last five years, it's become more and more um, a part of what I do. And um, so moving into a co-chair type um, role is, is certainly a first for me, um, but really exciting. Excellent. And yourself, Phil, what's your background in boards? I actually have been on the board uh, for a number of years, but only with the company that I work for. And then, like Graham, over the last five years, I've been um, fortunate or unfortunate, whichever <laughs> way you look at it, uh, to actually now to be involved with uh, industry, uh, with iwi and hapu. Um, and I really like, like working in that space. And now this amazing opportunity of working with uh, Concove. So I guess for me, uh, I come from a military background. So 23 years in the military has sort of given me a, a way that I do things. And um, that's had a flow on effect to where I sit now. Neat. So I just wanted to pick up on something you said, Graham. You said you're not the typical person that would be in a board. Why, why did you say that? Um. 
I like I say, I'm I'm from an industry background and um, on the tools business owner. Um, you know, I had a reasonably successful business um, that got up to 25, 30 people, um, which actually is quite a big business in construction compared to most. But in the big scheme of things, it's not a big business. I don't have any formal um, university education or anything like that. I'm um, school of hard knocks, if you like. I I have booked in to go to an Institute of Directors course though next week, so um, that might change. I might learn where I've gone wrong. Yeah, well, there's always room to improve, <laughs> isn't there, and to keep on learning. So I understand, Graham, that you were the original chair for the Concove uh, board as such. How did it come about that you both ended up becoming co-chairs? Well, it's quite a long story. So... Um, Concove started with MIT looking out, you know, they were keen to get something started and they reached out to other groups to be part of a consortium. I joined that because um, along with Bill Newson, we're both um, 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 co-leads of the Construction Accord um, developing our people work stream. Uh, I suppose I I got quite quite involved and Largely because of my position on the construction accord, it, uh, the others on the consortium thought that I was I I, I was the obvious lead. Um, we um, to start with, to be honest, we we had very little Mary influence, and it was an issue. And um, and I suggested that um, Phil would be a really good person to bring on board. Um, I really like some of the work that Phil's doing with young people and. Nahu's style training and um, you know we, we know each other and trust each other which goes a long way as well so Phil came on board um, Phil Phil introduced us to the um, to Wananga Aotearoa um, with Travis Tomoko and um, soon after that we had to arrive level um, and so it, it kind of came from there and we were it's interesting because Concove is part of Rove, um, but w- and Rove is embracing um, tertiary principles for its governance, and so the the workforce development councils are currently going through those processes. Concove had already gone that direction um, fortuitously um, on our own. Um, so I wouldn't say accidentally, mm-hmm. but we, we'd already embraced that. So it's it's quite cool because we're almost a working model of of how that works. Um, the actually setting it up is um, quite challenging. So there are questions like, um, you know, I'd already been appointed as a chair. Is that appropriate if we haven't appointed a, a married co-chair? Should we both be appointed up front? Should neither of us be appointed up front? Um, what's the protocols around that? And how's that going to fit in with people's standard industry type, our, our general representative type um, models that we have on industry boards and things? So there was quite a steep learning curve. Um, I'm, I'm sure we probably made some mistakes along the way, but... I don't think it's mattered. I think we've got a, well, I know that we've got a really good result. Um, Phil and I are learning about being coaches as we go along, but I think it's a really, it's been a really um, good relationship. Our board, uh, we've, we've got some very experienced people on our board and that's been stood up using Tertiary um, principles as well. 
Um, so we've got good Maori representation in there. We've also got other ethnic representation. Um, we've got representation from right across the industry. Um, but it, it's having the co-chairs actually disrupts your normal governance model where we traditionally have one person at the top that ultimately makes the decision and, and um, various different chairs have different styles. But Phil and I consult with each other all the time. Yeah, it's really exciting. I think, uh, as you say, it's it's an innovation in the way that you can run boards. It's an, and it's a really exciting step, I think, in towards honouring Tatiriti and its principles. So for you, Phil, what was your experience uh, for being on board as, as a co-chair and how did that come about for you? I think um, what, one of the values that that I bring to the table is understanding the concept of having a cup of tea. And uh, Graham and I have done that for many years. So through that process, it also gives us the opportunity to be able to be confident with each other. And um, the beauty of having co-chairs is that it allows the board members, because they were so diverse, to be comfortable that they can also have someone that they can talk to uh, when they feel that they need to talk outside of the group. But what it also reassured them too was that we were upholding the treaty and our obligations to that. What excited me about that was that uh, to know that we would have the representation, but we would also have people who then would look at um, this new board that we put together as an opportunity for them to get the results that they were wanting to achieve as well. What it has done is that it's allowed Graham and I to then look at who do we actually need to be able to work together, to be uh, collaborative in our approach, but also to look at the, uh, the possibilities of of achieving the opportunity that we have. And that can only be done with having uh, people from all walks of life come into our board members, our advisory groups. And when you look at the numbers that we're talking about, what would that be? You know, advisory groups and the board members. About 40 all up. 40 all up. We've tried to make sure that we have that diversity and the, and the ability for everyone to share in the outcomes that we want to achieve. Um, for Graham and I, actually I'm very honoured to be um, a co-chair because when I looked at it, I said, the first thing I did is that we need to make sure that our whakapapa is right. And for that, everyone needs to understand that we need to talk to the kingitanga. So that's what we did. We let them know what we were doing. And we were very honoured in the way that we selected our board members because a rep representative from the Kingitanga turned up. And she was a big influence on who we have now as our board members. So understanding the process of, of making sure that we do things properly has actually been worthwhile because we've followed the tikanga. Of, of that process. Hi. 
Yeah, it's beautiful. It's like a true partnership as such. So I can see it has been a really great way of honouring Tatiti. Have you seen anything else arise in terms of that relationship I, and, and how that's been growing from your perspective, Graham? Well, I mean, even that selection process is, that Phil just uh, talked about, that was a learning experience because, as I, as I said earlier on, it was um, should we have both co-chairs um, you know, pre-selected by the consortium? Um, and the, the advice I had from... Um, you know, respected people in Maryden was actually no. Um, it's o- it's okay to have that one person, but you need to go out so that it's not the old boys club. Um, and we and and we did that, and and so Phil came through that selection process as well. Um, and like I said before, it's 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 um it's it, it actually came together really well, like a merging of of tikanga and traditional um um and. It, traditional methods of ensuring that you've got that fair representation and everybody's got an opportunity to nominate somebody. So the, um, there's no rule book about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got to be fair and we've got to follow tikanga and we, we've managed to do that and we've, all, and we've also used those same principles picking our board members and like I say, we've got an exceptional board. And um, I won't I won't go through and list them all, but you know anybody who wants to check it out, just look at uh, the website for Concove, and and I challenge anyone to find a better a better industry board. Oh, he's a proud proud father. It sounds like. <laughs> right. I, I guess if you if you just if, if they if they are interested, have a look at who we have selected as our general manager, and this person isn't the typical person that you would think. And uh, she's a beautiful wave. I love that. I love that you're starting to be able to open your eyes to new skill bases, new people that maybe weren't, wouldn't typically be chosen. So it's a really exciting part of that model, which is bringing out new new horizons and new opportunities. Totally. And our board isn't just experienced um, governance people either. We've got some, you know, um, some younger people there with less board experience um, we've got diversity in every sense of the word different personalities and the um, discussions at the board table are the richer for it so um, we yeah if we've got a problem that gets analyzed from lots of different aspects there's nothing that we haven't been able to come to a collaborative decision on and um, look I, th- this is going to be transformational um, New Zealand is um, going through a period of, um, well, we've got a transformational government. Uh, governance is governance. It's I, I don't think it's a be-all and end-all, but one thing that we, we haven't had in the past, I think, in a lot of organisations is, is a board or a committee at that top level that people can actually recognise themselves in. And we, we're moving to that kind of model. And... Um, that gives people aspirations, it gives people a voice, it gives people a feeling of belonging. And I, I think this is going to be transformational. I have to agree. And it's obviously not a model that has been seen elsewhere is what I'm hearing from you, that you're kind of having to pave the way in terms of what that looks like and navigating both the 
uh, difficulties of it and also the benefits of it as well. What would you say has been some of the difficulties you've had to overcome so far in incorporating this model of co-chair? Well, I think when you think about concave, uh, when you think about concave, you think about how, uh, how, how, how can we grab all these people and bring them together and then unify them quickly? Well, it was easy. We made sure that, our, uh, that we did a poor heading. You know, so the beauty of going to um, the MIT Marae and then welcoming them there, welcoming them, all our board members uh, at that moment in time was very significant because that's when they bonded and they got it. You know, it wasn't any a hard sell. They were already wanting to be a part of the organisation, but they didn't know how to connect with each other. Well, that day when that occurred, it was all settled from that point. I think the beauty of it is that now we've got to work at how we get the message out and the best way to utilise our magnificent uh, board members, our magnificent advisory group members, and then how Graham and I can uh, work with our GM to make sure that uh, we are getting the tools, the right tools out of the toolbox to make it all happen. That's great. And so I'm curious in terms of your experiences when you're at your meetings from a practical sense, how does that work? So because there's two of you, who, who chairs the meeting and, and do you do that together or, you know, is it one person one time, another person? Like how do you navigate those practical aspects of meetings? By and large, we share. Um We've had one meeting that Phil couldn't make that I chaired. Um, Phil's going to chair one this week because I've got another commitment. But by and large, we 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 share, and um, we kind of know where our strengths are. I'm the angry little guy, and he's the nice big guy. <laughs> Apparently, he Just, does the he does the karakia. I don't. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> they know that you're kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I think what we have been able to acknowledge is that co-chairs is different because it allows you time to also before the board meetings to sit down and and uh, and be able to talk to each other about any areas that we have and say, okay, what do you think? And I think that's been really cool for us because it's enabled us to to go past whatever the concern is and just look at it from two points of view, to from two different perspectives. And I think that's been the beauty so far. Um, we've got the young, angry man, we've got the soft man. Once we, but once we connect and we understand what is, what is better for the, the, the better good, it really is an awesome way of saying, or to diffuse the situation as well. So I think the way that we do things is through uh, we prep well. And by prepping well and by, but I must say, for our, uh, for our general manager, the work without, without her and her, um, her assistant, 
it would it would be very uh, very much of a hard task. They do such a brilliant job in what they do, getting the board meeting notes ready, all the running around that they do. You know, it's 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 wonderful. Very blessed. Yeah, sounds like you are very lucky. Actually, your team's really coming together together and total and giving that support to well, each other. Luck is preparation meeting opportunity. Um, Look, if, if you had two hard-headed people that don't want to see eye-to-eye, eye, then they wouldn't make it as coaches, potentially. Um, you've got to make these things, you've got to want to make these things work. And, you know, we, we aren't the first. There are there have been, so Etu Union, for argument's sake, has got coaches. And so uh, Bill Newson is their um, national secretary. And I talked to Bill a little bit about um, working with coaches, and he said it's fine. He he potentially has to work a little bit harder than he would with just one share. But um, uh, I haven't actually asked Barty whether she has to work harder because there's two of us, but we we will either talk to Barty together or we'll talk together before one of us talks to Barty. So we're, we're speaking as one anyway. Yeah, sounds to me like communication is a, is a real key aspect that you need to have in order to make it work. So that when you do have different viewpoints, you can somehow find a way to come together and navigate through that waters to come to a common agreement. So look, the big, the big, um, the, the, there's been a lot of discussion while these workforce development councils have been set up around co-chairs and people are saying, but if you need to make a decision, how do you make a decision when you've got co-chairs? How do you, how do you decide? And what I would say is if you've got a board and you need to have the chair making decisions, you need, a, you need to do something different. So if, if that's the way, if you're going to be set up so that everything is um, um, adversarial within a board, then you've got a real, real problem. Now you need we we know that we don't want groupthink. We want different views around the table. But I I think the co-chairs it, it it well the first thing it does is it stops you jumping to a decision. So I've I've had most of my working life I've I've been in business or or leading teams or whatever and I've always been making those decisions myself it's really easy to jump in and and let's face it we don't always make good decisions now I have to pause and at the very least think is Phil going to be happy with this and if there's any doubt whatsoever I've got to talk to Phil about it. So I'm interested about that actually when you first heard of the idea of co-chair was that something that you thought would be a great thing were you always on board with it or has this been kind of a personal journey for yourself as this well is, this has been a big journey I like my own toys to play with usually um it, it took a bit of getting my head around um I, I I I wouldn't say I was necessarily against it I was certainly um I I, I could see that there could be some some issues around it uh, but it's it's it has actually been a journey, and as I say, we at Conco, um, fortuitously, this came about before all those discussions at the WDC level. And so, for me, I've been on the interim establishment board, same as Troy. For me, it's it's all been kind of part of the journey. And um, t- to be fair to people outside looking in who think, oh, you know, these are political um, kind of appointments and things like that I, I i can understand how they would have that viewpoint it, it has been a journey for a for a lot of us um 
but I, I, I someone you've got to take a lead somewhere. Um, I've, like I say, I, I, I try and explain it. It's, um, it's, it's not that easy to explain if you haven't kind of gone through the process. But I'm absolutely convinced that this is going to be, like I said before, a transformational process for New Zealand. And, um, and let's face it, um, New Zealand's not. We, we've our problems in New Zealand aren't just New Zealand problems. We, we see the same type of thing all around the world. So I, I think we're leading the way. Absolutely. It sounds, I mean, I can see it's a really transformative step in the right direction in my belief. Why do you think it's not such a common model? Um, well, firstly, I guess there's two parts. The first thing is to be able to have trust in the system, you know, because the outcomes... Um, if you're open and honest about the kaupapa, then people get it. And for Graham and I, this is a five-year journey that we're on. You know, so this is about making sure that we can do the mahi that's being required of us or expected of us. You know, and for that to happen, we've we've got to plan well and we've got to have committed people, um, and especially. The, the, the chairs have to be able to work together and they've got to be able to also ensure that we stay on task. There's nothing worse than um, decisions not being made and they were near six months later all still talking about wah, wah, wah when this is really important stuff. So, you know, it's really important that we stay on task, we achieve the outcomes that we put in place for each year, and then we review and we make sure that we, we get to where we need to get to, you know, through that time. The most beautiful thing is, is that we finish early. Wouldn't that be great? You know, wouldn't that be the greatest more and more yard that we can do? And I think that's the key, is that we've got to make sure that this is all in place so that our goals can be achieved. If we can do it earlier, well done. But, you know, we, we can't rush in and do everything right now because we might run out of putia. <laughs> you know, we've got to be very strategic in what we do. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, as you mentioned, Graham, Troy is also co-chairing, and they're also finding that challenge that because it hasn't, really been done before it's new waters that they're having to figure out and by the most part they're finding actually that it's a lot easier than they thought it was going to be so I guess the proof has been in in putting their minds to it and actually just experiencing the ride or the journey um, but I think with this sort of governance model, it, it's very interesting that we're starting to see these changes now, as opposed to why haven't, why hasn't this happened before? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's a little new. Um, it's a, it's new to traditional governance, but it's here. So you know, I, I don't I don't know that there's much point in uh, looking back. People do the best they can, and. We, we, we follow best practice at, at the time. 
there's been it's, people have questioned me that it doesn't seem to be as efficient as having single chairs. Um, I can I, I can understand why people would have that view. Um, my answer to that is, you know, I've been um, party to making or or receiving a lot of quick decisions. They haven't always been the right decisions either. And I think, you know, the old saying, two heads are better than one." I think that um, uh, uh, the, the the more the more collaborative we are, the less chance there is of making a bad decision. It doesn't mean to say we can't make be decisive. It doesn't mean to say we can't be efficient, but we do have to actually put that consideration into every decision. So I, I think in actual fact it will be potentially more efficient than than what what we've had in the past. You've also got to consider that um, it's not just the coaches that we're we're um, following. So. Um, I'm, I'm not an expert in tikanga, but we, we are spending that time getting to know each other right up front, as, as Phil said. And that little bit of extra time bonding and settling in and actually understanding where our points of view are, where we agree, where we disagree, um, that that gives us the benefit of understanding each other that much better. And it's and it actually makes it easier to make a decision, uh, makes it easier to understand that person's viewpoint where something could actually be confrontational if we know where that person where, where they're coming from with their with with their thoughts um, it makes it a lot easier to understand and find common ground so that time we're investing at the start is actually paying dividends as we go forward that's really awesome actually in fact here at Hera our own team is going through a similar process where we are taking the time each week to share our own story, our own papa, so that when we are coming together and trying to make decisions that affect all of us as a whanau and hearer, that we can understand those viewpoints. So it's a very similar journey, and it's it's cool to see that it's happening at all levels in Aotearoa. Probably one of the, if I was to say, what is an issue that we have, I think the issue would be that uh, COVID stopped us from recruiting at the right pace. Only in the last few months we've had to rapidly get all these people together to all our researchers, our project leads, and now we're just trying to get them settled so that we can get people in and, and running. So, and you know, but that wasn't it, that wasn't a fault of us. That was just the way you know it is right now. But you know, very shortly. We're going to have, well, we have now, haven't we? We've got everything set up to start, yep. to start the mahi. It's also been very cool that um, pe- people have said, hey, you're at Concove, you've got coaches, you're the you're the guys doing that. And that's cool. I mean, I didn't realise just how how many people know about it and how many people are talking about it and the difference that it makes to the perception of the project that we're on. Um, yeah, it's it's great, and it and it and I think it goes beyond just ethnicity, if you like, or tertiary as well. Um, we're in a modern age where people don't actually want to be in an authoritarian type organisation, and I think a lot of the what a lot of the learnings we're getting from Concove, um, you know, if I still had my business, I'd be taking them back to my business because I can see how people relate better to that. Um, being part of making decisions. That's really great. I think 
in terms of that, so now that you're at this place and you're and you're getting really great return in terms of the steps you've taken, what other innovations do you think that can be made within the governance space to keep improving upon what you've started? I I think where Graham and I work well is that uh, it's about the network now and the connections that we have. So for me, I'm working within the iwi hapu whānau space. Um, so I can reach out to them. Graham's got another area that he can reach out to as as our um, board members have as well. So once we have everything set up in regards to our teams, then we can now utilise our connections to start to have things lined up um, so that the researchers can go and do their work so that we can support the mahi that they need to be able to do for us. Hmm. Great. And for yourself, Graham, do you have anything to add? Yes, uh, it's a it's a good question. Got me a little bit stumped, to be honest. <laughs> I think, um, um, look, I, I, I think it's a work in progress. Um, it, it, you know, we've been going less, less than a year. Um, it's been an interesting year with COVID and all the rest of it. I think so far it's worked really well. Who knows what's what's around the corner if we have a, a, a crisis situation or whatever. Um, we're just going to have to front that up as we come to it. I think um, one thing we're fortunate about is, is that both of us are prepared to give our time freely so and be available to each other. So I don't think this would work if, if you had co-chairs that actually weren't prepared to kind of share, if, if you like, and... and and you, yeah, you, you do have to be generous with your time. But to be, to be um, on reflecting on that, um, I may be having to share more of my time if I was a, a chair on my own because it's 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 all on me. Um, personally, my style is I, I I generally like to consult with um, at least what you know somebody else anyway, rather than make those decisions for a, especially like an industry organisation or a community organisation. Um, but I, yeah, I, I, I think we need to kind of keep on reflecting on and um, trying to see if, if there are bits that we could do better, um, if there's things that have gone well that we can share, if there are things that we could have done better that we could share as well. So, you know, Concove is a research project, so we're kind of uh, lab rats, aren't we? And in essence, you really are. <laughs> So for those boards who are looking at what you're doing and they are on the fence in terms of whether they should do it as well and dive into the space of co-chairing as part of a step towards honouring Tatiriti, what would you say to them to get them into that space and, and giving it a go? Be brave. Be courageous. You don't have to wait. And if you if you can... Um, if you can just the thing the thing about coaches too is that you've got to have the heart to be able to do it and to be able to have that sense of sharing monarchy and and, and to accept that the world is through collaboration these days and by working together we're stronger hmm no, and I'd say, you know, we, we, we're on this journey to um, honour to eternity. 
But to be fair, that doesn't have to be the only reason either. Um, I, I think it's actually a, a really good model where we're just encouraging collaboration as well. And that doesn't that takes nothing away from what we're doing with Tatiriti and um but in in Tikanga, but I, I, I think it's got potential in all sorts of fields, um, including in business, to be honest. As I said, two heads are better than one. And um if we've got collaboration at the very at, at the you know at the um at the at the top of this of the structure then why sh- that's that's a really good sign that that's how you want to work right through the organization whether it be big or small so there you go thanks for joining our conversation with graham and phil today if you'd like to connect more with them you'll find their details in the show notes After listening to this podcast, I think taking innovations in governance like this is really important and a necessary part in honouring Tatiriti. As India's Prime Minister Narendra Modi said, people's participation is the essence of good governance. Food for thought till we see you next time. So hit subscribe and if you like what you heard today, please like, review or share with any metalheads you know. Let's spread the word. At Hero, we're really committed to meeting our obligations under Tatiriti and also to raise the mana of Matodonga Māori within our workplace. One of our ideas is to facilitate Tatiriti training for our members so they can better understand the history behind this document in terms of why it exists, what it says and its impacts post-signing. We also want to help members understand what they can do to apply Tatiriti into their work practices. I'd love to hear from our members and what they think about this training idea. To do so, please get in touch. My details are in the show notes.